Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. When I was young, in the 1950s, I attended Catholic Grammar School and I memorized the Baltimore Catechism. In fact, I think I got an A on all of my tests. Um, I faithfully attended Mass each week, not because I wanted to, but because I was afraid if I didn't, I would suffer eternal damnation. I followed all the rules. I followed my Catholic faith um, faithfully. But it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine. I can't even share with you how I was so wrote in my faith. And I was attending this, but I was not present. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. Uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck rope in my faith. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous, meekness that empowered him to play the game. And I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it. Honey, you've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm a, you know, he, his big line to me is you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never followed through on them. And so this was, Week after week, month after month, he is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 through 21, St. Paul compares the sacrifice of the Christians to the sacrifice of Israel and then to the sacrifice of the pagans. Paul calls the chalice, the blood of Christ, and the bread as participation in the body of Christ, and then warns his listeners that you cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons at the same time. So in other words, you need to decide what are you going to participate in? Are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice which is in the Eucharist, or not. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. 
And good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. I know we're a little late on the air, but uh, don't worry. We're still here, I guess, better late than never. Uh, and uh, we're, we're just so excited to be with you this morning. It's a beautiful day here in Wisconsin, which uh, is uh, unseasonable for this time of year. Normally, there's lots of clouds here, but uh, I know it's always sunny in Philadelphia, where uh, my co-host is, uh, Ann DeSantis, and uh, welcome in, Ann, and uh, welcome to the program as always. How are you doing this morning? Oh, great. I'm great on this Tuesday. It is election day. Yes, it is. And do I don't even think I need to say to people to go and vote because they're probably going to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, but if you haven't or if you're not planning on it, please do. That's right. That's right. I know the polls are pretty crowded in my area here this morning, but... Uh, we got all day, right? But get there early. Get yeah. there early. Yes, yes, please. Everybody, you know, it's it, no, no matter what uh, side of the aisle you fall on, no matter what, uh, you, where, where you are in your faith journey or in your walk, the one of the greatest things about this country is the fact that we have the right to vote. Uh, so many people fought for that freedom to do so. So exercise your right to vote. Uh, and if you haven't done so already, uh, please, please make sure that you have um, done that at some point today. Amen. Amen. And I'm excited because we have awesome guests this morning, Bill. Yes. Tell us about them. Yes. And it's my long, long time friend from forever ago, right? <laughs> and so much to talk about. Leslie Cree and her son, Sam, coming to us from the Mechanicsburg, Harrisburg area. And I would love to read you both of their bios because they have uh, so much to share with us this morning. Uh, Leslie is a... I IBCLC, that's an International Board Certified Lactation Consultant. She works as, at a, as a hospital-based lactation consultant as part of a multidisciplinary team providing care and counseling to support mothers and babies when establishing breastfeeding. She also serves on the PA Breastfeeding Coalition, and she's been board certified since 2006. She's done so much since she and I both had little kids at the same time and spent a lot of time together. Uh, and we were breastfeeding our, our little ones because you know, they were exactly the same age, our two kids, uh, Les, um, Madeline and Elaine, and then Sam and Sean. So uh, it, it's wonderful to see all that you have done, Leslie, since that time and how God has worked in your life. I would love to give Sam's bio too. Sam Cree is a senior philosophy major at West Virginia University and a gun hobbyist who follows issues related to gun ownership and personal freedom. And we are going to touch on that topic this morning since it is election day. It's a, a, a good time for us to, to talk about the right to our Second Amendment. So I welcome you both. Thank you for being here on the Sewing Hope podcast. Thank you for having us. Yes, thanks. You may, you made me sound so fancy and old. I appreciate that. <laughs> the fancy part. You're young, um, young. <laughs> young heart. That's right. So um, why don't we start with you, Leslie? You know, since we had young children, and then you got involved with being a lactation consultant, uh, tell us about that. What has it been like for you? Because you've met so many wonderful mothers uh, and worked in the field for quite a long time. Uh, what is your greatest experience in lactation consulting? Uh, I would say the greatest experience, I'm blessed to say, happens pretty much every day I go to work. 
um, getting to come alongside these budding families. Um, one of the favorite things that I like to do is um, after delivery, um, mother is skin to skin with her newborn. And so we place the newborn upright on mother's chest with the cheek and ear over mother's heartbeat and right in between her body and between her breasts. And um, it is an absolute miracle to see the newborn take over. The newborn will start to root and go toward uh, their chosen side. When I was nursing my kids, we named them chocolate and vanilla. And, um, you know, the parents awaken to this new life and the fact that this newborn is a capable uh, partner born ready and waiting to interact, to seek out their faces, to follow the sound of their voice. Um, it never gets old and I'm getting teary just talking about it. it. It is an absolute blessing to do the work I do. Yeah, it really is. And you were also a guest on another show that I was involved with before the positive side. A lot of our listeners know about that, including Bill does too, uh, where Leslie and I had a discussion. So uh, you can go if you would like to listen to that whole interview, right? You can go to uh, my own YouTube channel has the 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 interview with Leslie on the positive side at Ann DeSantis. Uh, so how has it changed? How have things changed over the years in the field? I mean, you and I had kids back in the late 90s uh, and, and you got involved. You said that you became board certified in 2006. Have you seen a lot of changes since that time? I have. Um, what spurred my interest was, um, you know, as you know, since you walked it with me, um, breastfeeding Sam was was quite a challenge. He had um, some um, things that we now know about with later research and information um, could hinder breastfeeding. But back when we were trying this, um, it wasn't really well known. And what I've seen is a proliferation of research that every time something new comes out about the, the properties of breast milk, the importance of this phase in the mother's reproductive cycle to be breastfeeding, the importance of breast milk and breast milk feeding for the infant, but also the bonding that takes place, that social interaction, um, that bedrock foundation of human relationship. And what has changed a lot um, in the practice way of doing things is um, – I'm sure you remember all the rules. You had to sit up and put your baby a certain way and you had to have the timing. And um, now it is much more, um, you know, they went from calling it mother-led to baby-led, um, but really understanding that this is a partnership dance and this is a, a, an awakening of a relationship. And so what has changed quite a bit is, I like to say, um, with parents who may have questions about, um, you know, Am I doing this right? There's no rules. You and your baby are making these rules. You're writing your script. And that has been a big change in the way that we practice. And I will say that to hold my certification, we have to re-up every five years. And the um, exam questions and the focus has changed considerably in these few years since 2006. And um, it's really reflective of many um, more aspects than it used to be as far as clinical significance and development, child development. Wow, that's awesome. 
And I do remember that rule about sitting up. I definitely remember the pillows behind me and everything like that. So thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. And Elaine was born in 96. Sean was born in 99, same as you, Leslie. So we were really on that journey at the same time and, and had an opportunity to spend time together with other moms too, which was really amazing. Uh, now, speaking of new babies, <laughs> and I think Bill knows what's coming. Um, Bill has some news, I think. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, you know, yesterday, um, <laughs> my wife and I, uh, made it the, the, the Facebook official, right? I mean, I guess that's the term these days, uh, with, with young people is Facebook official. Uh, but we've known for some time, uh, that we're having a little one. Uh, we don't know uh, the gender yet, but we will find out shortly, but we know that we're having a little one, uh, in early May. Uh, so, uh, we're, we're, we're overjoyed. And, uh, and, and yesterday we made that announcement on Facebook to, uh, the delight of, uh, thousands of our, you know, friends and family. Um, so, and so, I mean, you know, select family and friends knew before that, but, uh, now it is, now it is public knowledge. And, you know, Anne's been praying for quite some time, uh, for, for us. And, uh, it's, it's been a wonderful, a wonderful, uh, blessing in our lives over the past, uh, you know, several weeks here. And uh, it's just been it's just been amazing. So I, I'm I'm so excited about welcoming new life into uh, you know it's our first baby. So uh, we 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 got married uh, last last year. Uh, so so it's just uh, a uh, a wonderful a wonderful blessing to be able to have uh, new life and to be able to expand your you know your your family. And what a great uh, you know topic and, and great guest to have on to to make that <laughs> announcement uh, today. So. Um, so yeah, thank you, uh, for, uh, for, you know, teasing that a little bit and, and, uh, yeah, couldn't be more excited. Yeah, it really is exciting. And you know what? You've just met a good friend there, Bill. <laughs> and maybe Agnes has too. So you'll have to stay in touch because nobody knows more about breastfeeding, honestly, than Leslie. I mean that. I do. I mean, I would say nobody knows more about it than mom and baby. Yeah. My job is to just unlock that secret for you. So, congratulations. Thank you. Bill, that is amazing. I hope you and Anya are feeling well. And um, the every every day is something brand new, the discovery. I'm so pleased for you. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's, that's it's, just it's wonderful. Hey, that's funny. It leads me to my next question. It was actually like my little list of questions that if you had any advice for new moms, because, you know, Agnes is a new mom, right? She, she hasn't had the baby yet, but she is a new mom. Uh, I wondered if you had any advice for she and Bill and for other new parents out there who are possibly considered at least trying breastfeeding. You hear that word a lot, right? That maybe they're not sure, but until the baby's born, they'll give it a quote, try. Yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you asked. Um, you can never start preparing too early. Um, looking at um, an early pregnancy, it, start doing your research not only about breastfeeding but also about um, childbirth. Making good, solid choices that support a healthy pregnancy, a healthy, as uncomplicated as possible delivery. Um, also, to get breastfeeding off to a good start, uh, making your plan. So um, even from those first prenatal visits, thinking about how you want to approach this. Um, very important for new parents to have that support network. Um, I will say that 
without Anne, I probably wouldn't have made that journey. Um, I did have postpartum depression. Didn't know it at the time because, of course, in our perfect society, we don't speak of such things. And I went to the nursing mom group where I met Anne and, you know, she really kind of pulled me out of that tailspin and um, helped me to articulate and recognize my interest in breastfeeding and also in helping others. So with a new mom, finding out your resources and finding out how you want this to roll, making sure that you're looking at all the sources of information. There's a huge variety out there. Some of it is fantastic. Some of it is just urban legend and, and, very not well done. So setting goals, talking about those goals and um, setting up your support team now, laying that good groundwork. And then um, with the pandemic, of course, the um, in-person groups are hindered in a lot of places. Um, but La Leche League and other local support groups in the area, I know, um, Bill, you said you're in Wisconsin, um, they have um, WhatsApp or Facebook or a Zoom of the group. And so getting plugged in and getting connected and um, if possible, seeing breastfeeding in action before delivery, meeting those moms and kind of seeing how how they're doing and how they're doing it is is very important. Yeah, that's awesome advice. Uh, and you and I, when we first got into breastfeeding, when we had our children, uh, there was something called attachment parenting, natural parenting, and I knew absolutely nothing about it. I wondered if you could share a little bit about that too. What is it? What's funny is I, I knew less than nothing. I remember... Um, at the group, you had introduced yourself and you said, you're such a great attachment parent with your daughter. And I, I remember looking at you with a deer in the headlights, like what, and what I was doing, which I did out of my own, just getting through things was, I guess now would be termed, um, natural parenting or attachment parenting. Um, I was really into the world of my newborn and what I don't mean to say that I elevated her, you know, in a worship way that that's not right. The connotation, but that um, I really wanted to see the world through her eyes. And so I met her needs developmentally where they were breastfed her when I thought, so, you know, I think she looks a little restless and she's starting to kind of suck on her hands. She's, she wants to be held more. I will feed her whenever she wants. I did not, um, really buy into putting it put her on a feeding schedule. Um, none of us really would like that particular ownership and um, stayed close 24 hours, physical proximity and um, really met her needs developmentally when they were appropriate. So there was a lot of advice going around in the nineties, you know, let your baby cry it out to sleep train them. And I just remember thinking to myself viscerally, my child's not a dog. I shouldn't be training her. She's a human that I should be interacting with and supporting. So we supported the needs. And as age appropriate, the child grows to the next need and you support that need. And that is including setting loving boundaries and letting your child know they are loved, but not so the a rigid program that you have to adhere to that isn't really maybe a good fit for anyone. It is very personal relationship and you're a parent from minute one, helping your child to navigate this world. 
Uh, thank you. That was beautiful, actually, the way that you articulated it, because you're right. I mean, there children are a gift. And, and here at the Sewing Hope podcast, I mean, this is a podcast all about hope and about faith, right? So, I mean, they're really right, a gift right from the Lord. And treating them that way from the very, very beginning is just, uh, it is what God wants. But sometimes we get clouded by all these messages that we hear from the medical community and from the world about uh, about babies being born and and the routine that needs to be done when the baby is born uh, that that gets forced into our face and what we should follow. So uh, now I know that there was a news story that you told me, Leslie, that happened uh, this past week about a doctor that died. I wonder if you could share on that one, too. Uh, yeah, and that actually might go back to the advice for new moms bit when um, we were talking about having a healthy pregnancy. Um, our country is really in a crisis of, um, I want to say some are calling it birth equity, but it is well recognized and the pandemic really brought it to light that there is very um, unequal care going on and we're still trying to get to the bottom of it. Um, so I get a MedPage um, news feed. And the headline said, black doctor dies after giving birth, underscoring maternal mortality crisis. Tragedy shows racial disparities in pregnancy outcomes aren't solely based on access to care. Um, I have to say, I did not know this fine young lady, um, but my heart is very sad for her. Um, it says her name was Shanice Wallace. She was a fourth year pediatric chief resident and she died from pregnancy complications. Um, there is a lot to be done here, um, supporting uh, pregnancy and mothers and um, making sure that all of these life cycles are complete. And when you are expecting a child, you know, I do agree, it's God loans us our children here to raise them for their purpose and his purpose, um, not for our own. And here's this um, woman who was raised obviously lovingly and bright and accomplished, and now she has passed away. Our country does have a lot to work on and a lot of um, unanswered questions. I'm glad you allowed me to give a shout out. Like I said, I don't know any of the circumstances. I never met this lady, but the story just really grabbed my heart. Yeah, I, th I think personally, if I may say so, that in the medical community, we need more compassion all the way around, don't we? I mean, yeah. from, from womb to tomb, we, we need more compassion. So uh, it's, it's good for us to know that because uh, not only do we need more compassion, but we also need more education, proper education, right? Not, not incorrect uh, procedure or information. So thank you for sharing on that. Uh, any other thoughts? Because I know we have another topic this morning. <laughs> uh, another topic yeah. since uh, Sam uh, has a lot of knowledge on our Second Amendment rights as a uh, a gun owner himself and also someone who knows so much about it. So I thought I would start then with you, Sam. Why do you think that the Second Amendment protections are important, especially right now during this election time? Uh well, I mean, pretty much, I think what people have to start off realizing right away with the Second Amendment was it wasn't guaranteed that individuals had the right to bear arms until 2008 in the D.C. Heller 
decision at the Supreme Court. Um, I mean, the Second Amendment is responsible for the protection of all rights. And we have to look at this as if we believe that our Second Amendment is under attack, what other rights could be stripped away in the same way. Um, there's so many reasons why owning guns is important in this country. Uh, the firearm debate is obviously very uh, divided right down the middle. And I mean, just you guys can ask as many questions as you'd like to. Uh, I mean, gun ownership is a huge part of this country. Obviously, there's the, the issue with people that are getting injured and dying. Um, but at the same time, the Second Amendment is responsible for between, and this is from the CDC, um, 60,000 to, I believe, I'll have to look at this, my apologies. It's okay. 60,000 to two and a half million defenses, uh, defensive uses of a firearm per year. Uh, now, that might... Now that's from the definition of to defend oneself, family, others, and or property against crime or victimization. And that's something we don't hear a whole lot about anymore. Not at um, all. Yeah. All we see is the bad things in the news and it's, it's getting to it. I mean, we've been seeing the, the slow erosion over time with the Second Amendment. Yeah, I, I saw Bill kind of in a con contemplative uh, look there. And when you had, a, had mentioned West Virginia University, I know that he sort of lit up there too, Bill. <laughs> yeah. I know we have a friend who uh, works over there, don't we? Yes, we do. We have a friend who works over there. And the other radio show on Patchwork Heart Radio actually airs on Light of Life Radio Network <laughs> uh, out over the West Virginia campus. So uh, you can, yeah, we should have you on. Sam, I should have you on uh, <laughs> on my other program, Young Catholics Respond, uh, so that uh, people can listen to it <laughs> on your campus. It's, it's the only place that it airs on the radio now. Uh, as on Light of Life Radio Network. So just give a quick shout out to Bob Carubia there and all the great work he's doing. But uh, but Sam, I think, you know, it, for, for Christians, it's a great question to ask, especially for young people. I think, uh, you know, we, we, we see a lot of the violence. We see a lot of the, um, you know, witness a lot of the turmoil, right? There's a lot of turmoil that, we, that, that we're seeing on TV screens right now. Um, and and the, the press, the media doesn't always provide a um, a fair and balanced look at the events that are happening. And so I think um, my, my question for you is, you know, what is what is responsible gun ownership look like for a Catholic and and, and, and for Christian and for people of goodwill that have no intention of of going out, on a shooting spree, murdering people, you know, having what is what is responsible, and and where does that line up with the with, with the gospel values? Where where does that line up with the gospel, and where, um, and really how uh, can can we as Catholics be responsible and and own a gun, and what does that look like? Well, it's pretty much how everyone else does. That's a law-abiding citizen that uses it probably for sport or other things, even in self-defense cases. Um, 
I, I really don't believe that there's anything morally wrong with owning a firearm or any other weapon for that matter. Uh, people just need to understand how to educate themselves properly. If there is something that is going to go wrong, understand the warning signs. I think everybody within a home should be proficient with uh, their firearms, understand how to clean them, treat them properly. Uh, obviously, they're not toys. We're going to get that one across pretty harshly. Uh, and you don't want people that don't know how to use them. I mean, that's Amen. that's a big one. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, it, 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 I like your knowledge because not many people, you know, you mentioned the media and that's all some people, that's all some people see is what the, the news and what the media tells us about the second amendment. Right. And we don't hear many good things about it, do we? We don't hear many good things about keeping those rights because Sam, you said that, you know, it's not just about your second amendment, is it? It's about other rights that they could take away. Uh, maybe you could talk more about that. I mean, what else, what could happen if they do take it away? Uh, you know, I never really wanted to think about it, but I, yeah. I, I couldn't say how bad it would be. Uh, Cause if you're going to take away one thing, who's going to stop you to take away something else? Who's going to start saying, well, we want the press to only publish the story from, and this is just for the sake of argument, from the, the Catholic point of view. Well, not everybody in the country is Catholic. Other people would need to see some different perspectives here or there. And that's, that's yes. a major part of it. So it, I think it wouldn't be just a massive sweep of things being taken away, but it'd be like how the Second Amendment is treated, in which there's just this little like chip off the block every time you know we're constantly seeing definitions change proposals being brought forward in government that are going to limit the rights of the people in the second amendment and i i can see in the future if the second amendment falls that that would happen to other rights yeah absolutely um you know i i i, I think um you know on a on a on a day we talk a lot about freedom um, and the right to vote, uh, where, where we are today. And again, I'm just going to mention as we're kind of halfway through the program, I want to mention again to folks, if you haven't voted or have made a plan to vote, now is the time to do so. Um, but let's, I mean, let's just even talk a little bit about that, that, that freedom issue, uh, where, where people are, you know, limiting our, our right in, in one way, it, it creates that slippery slope to eliminate other rights. And, um, you know, what, what, is the, what is the problem, you know, with, with that? And, and, and how do we fight against that? I think, I think a lot of people um, out there in the world today look, look at things about from the, you know, you know, we talk about it, this relativistic point of view where, where it's all about me. And and what what my personal feelings are, well, and and my personal rights. Really, if you if you do that for every person, every person is going to have a different <laughs> a different bubble they're going to be operating in, right? And and so when you begin to fall into this trap of relativism, well, this right infringes on my right to do this, uh, and then this right 
and re, re, you know infringes on that right, and then guess what happens? No, no rights get respected, you know, from from a common point of view, and this is what we're seeing in society right now. And so, Sam, you bring up a really good point that you know what are our collective rights, and as a and as a people, um, and as a faith-filled uh, Catholic from a faith-filled Catholic perspective, you know, we have a we have a, a moral obligation to uphold the rights especially of the poor, the, um, you know, the orphans, the widows. I mean, I mean, this is what the Bible says, you know, the unborn. Like, these, these are all things that we have, you know, to uphold uh, the, the rights. So we have to safeguard the weak. And so I, so I think, you know, responsible gun ownership, um, you know, as, as you're talking about, can, when, it's, when it's done responsibly, when it's done... Um, you know, in a in a just way, it helps us aid. It aids our uh, our ability to do just that to protect society, to protect people. And you're right. I think once we start placing individualism over the you know common good, then we start seeing the fall of all the other all the other rights and. You know, isn't that a great par? Isn't that a great paradox? I mean, you know, about about freedom and you know <laughs> and whatnot, right? Like, you know, I am I free to do what I can want to do, or am I free to do what's right? And I think that that's uh, a, a really good point uh, that you know you've made. So, so thank you for that. You're welcome. That's what you brought me on here for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You both are uh, opening up my eyes a lot more because. Uh, when we look at it for the perspective that it's not just about the gun ownership, isn't it? It's not. Uh, it's it's about the freedom completely, right? From conception until natural death. You know, our right to to all of those things, right? All of the, those things: freedom of religion, freedom of speech. All of those things uh, are at stake when when we have uh, governments that are trying to snuff it out, right? They want to snuff it out so that they can tell us what to do, how to live, what to believe, right? That's not good. That is not good. Uh, so Sam, then I wondered if uh, people your age, and I don't know in your own peer group, what their opinions are about this. What is your experience there? Because I know my daughter's the same age as you, and there's a lot of push in the media to think a certain way and they're not being given all the information about our country and about something like the Second Amendment. What have you noticed about people your age and what they believe with when it comes to our country and politics? Well, I mean, I think mostly, I mean, I'm still young. I'm only 21 years old. A lot of my friends are the same age as me. So I think it's, it's really a matter of gaining life experience that a lot of them might not have yet or just giving it general thought and i don't think a lot of my friends have not many of them are against such a thing in fact a lot of my friends are uh, pretty pro-gun but i also don't see them view it in the same way as i've been describing on the show here they view it as like the cool right type thing <laughs> like oh it's cool you can own this in the united states they don't view it as this is like a fundamental right given by God in the constitution and it's being attacked constantly. And for some reason, 
this right is a political issue, and it's not. It's a right, and it shouldn't be a political issue. Yeah, that's a good point, because I think politicians try to make it a political issue, don't they? Some? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of them really do. Yeah. And then the, the statistic that you gave about how people can use a gun as a protection against uh, a defense, right? A, just a, a, a defense, because we don't know when our country is being attacked in some ways, even from within, to being able to protect your family, not about being violent, right? It's not about being violent, but it's about pr the protection of you and your family. Yeah, self-preservation is a, a major point of mine because, you know, you've met my mom before. She's five feet tall, 110 pounds. Uh, I'm six foot one, 220 pounds. There's definitely an inequality there, but I mean, this is just my view on equality. They you know the, the gun is uh, the equalizer. It's equality. You know, people my mom's height can take on people my size. And in a normal circumstance and nature being as it is, that's generally not going to be a, 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 a fight that my mom would win. So I think people just have to realize that, which is some people don't have the capacity to protect themselves, like handicapped people, uh, like veterans coming back. They might have lost a limb or, I mean, just horrible things. And then they're not making enough money. They come back to a community that might not be the safest. And they're at a disadvantage physically against other people. And the only way they have to defend themselves is with weapons. Honestly, I never thought of it that way. But isn't that true when you say like your size compared to your mom's size or maybe my size or whatever? Uh, it, it sort of equals things out, you know, doesn't it? When it comes to protecting uh, yourself. Uh, I mean, I, I'm honestly, I'm not one of these people who's, uh, you know, uh, I don't know much about it. I'll just say that. I don't know much about Second Amendment rights. And, and that's why I wanted you to come on <laughs> to talk about it because you are more uh, expert in that area. Uh, what other advice might you have for voters about making the right choices? Now, you know, we're a nonprofit here, Patchwork Heart Ministry, and we never get into discussing who to vote for. But what do you think are those issues that could help to make people be able to decide how should I vote? Um, pretty much just research all you can. Uh, look up information. Once you see that information, look up as much information as you can. Uh, don't be afraid to look at both sides of it. Don't be afraid to go look at an uh, anti-gun website and see their, their arguments laid out as to why maybe these rights should be limited. Or don't, don't be afraid to go to a pro-gun website and see what their arguments are as to why it might be helpful or beneficial to expand it. And you just have to make the choice for yourself. Amen. Hey, how about you, Leslie? Do you have any thoughts on this topic? Um, actually, I do. Um, Sam has been an encourager and a great um, source of education. I don't know much about Second Amendment either, um, but I did have my original bachelor's was in journalism. And um, 
freedom of the press. And it is very important also now in a medical field to look at all sides of an issue and to consider the source of your information. And once you know the source, you can then objectively evaluate what it is that's being said. And um, I am seeing that media imbalance, you know, people that watch one news program on one network and then someone watches another one on another network. And you have two people talking about who's lying. But nobody's really getting at the truth. And so I have to, to shout out, I am so immensely proud of Sam. He is analytical and um, we homeschooled our kids. And one of the little like mottos of our school that my husband and I put forth was, we want to teach our children how to think, not tell them what to think. And um, I'll say my daughter, Maddie, who is um, forging a career in public health and is amazing, um, she and Sam have distinctly different political views, but we encourage debate and we encourage and fully support that our children have done their homework and done their research. And um, that's important for every person. Um, I was listening to the radio yesterday. I like to listen to the um, um, Hope FM that is in my community. And uh, Pastor Greg Laurie had put out um, a couple of guidelines. He said, same kind of thing, you know, and tell somebody who to vote for. That is your personal, private choice and right. But to, to look at where the candidate stands on certain issues, and he specifically brought up um, pro-life as one of those issues that, you know, you're voting um, a conscience issue rather than a politics issue. And um, the encouragement was to really um, make this a, a very prayerful decision, not a snap decision based on the news or something um, that you may have heard, but to really find it out for yourself how you feel about that issue and that candidate's statements on that issue. Yeah, and and you know you know you you raise a very good point about finding the truth, right? <laughs> it's a big thing. It's hard to find the truth in a society that just continues to, um, you know, uh, you know, point fingers at one another that says, "Well, this one's lying. Well, that one's lying." All we have to do is watch the political ads. You're gonna you're gonna see it. I'm so sick of them. Like on, yeah, on both yeah. sides. Like I, I we'll have to I, watch I, it after this. I know, I know. I'm so excited <laughs> that I won't have to see these ads back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, because, because it's like, okay, which one can lie less or whatever? And, and that's not the job of the media. That's not the job of, I mean, I, I have my degree in communications as well. And so, uh, TV radio production. So it's, a, so it's the same thing, you know, going through media ethics and, and, and having those discussions. Uh, it's, it's, we have to do better as a country. And what we need is we need more people. Um, and, and so I'm, I, I'm blessed to be able to have, you know, with Anne, this, this, this platform to be able to share, um, you know, thoughts, opinions, truth, um, you know, fact. I mean, that, that's what media needs to be. It needs to be clearly delineated. You know, what is what is Bill's thought? What is the fact? What is the, you know, th this is what we have to strive for in in, in our society. And and bringing into it all of our personal experiences, our our education. I mean, like this is what we should be as as Americans. This is what we should have as, as the fourth estate of the media. That's what we should have, right? We don't currently. So what we need is we need more people. We need more uh, Catholics. We need more Christians to stand up, and we need them to say, okay, I am going to present information 
you know, whether maybe you're a great blogger, maybe you're a great, uh, you know, podcast host, maybe you are a great, you know, author, uh, you, you need to use your talents so that, so that this information can be set out in a truthful way to the, to the public, you know, and, and so, I mean, you know, every, every time I get behind a microphone, I, I know that there's the potential of me to mislead somebody, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I know that, you know, internally. I mean, so, so it's like, okay, God, don't let me do that. You know, I mean, don't let Bill's, you know, uh, don't, don't, don't let Bill Snyder come through. Let your voice come through, you know, and that's, and, and, and that's more important than, than, um, you know, creating some opinion or having some, and, and, and I see so much of that in, in both of you, Sam and Leslie, like, okay, what is, what is the truth? What is the fact here? And, and, and how can I be a responsible person, both, both in, you know, raising my, my family, um, and, and, and bringing new life into the world and also, okay, protecting that, that, life and all the other rights that we have. And so this, I think, is a wonderful episode for today and for our, uh, this is just a great episode to have for today, Election Day, uh, because, because man, it's encompassing everything we're supposed to, <laughs> supposed to be thinking about today. It is, yes. Indeed, indeed. I mean, from room to tomb, right? Amen. Mm-hmm. And I said to, yeah. to Leslie at the beginning of the show, we have seen violence in this country but I, I saw this on social media and I, I will say this because I think it's something to think about is mobs, not jobs, excuse me, jobs, mo- jobs, <laughs> not mobs. There you go. <laughs> want to say it the right way. Yeah. Forgive me. Yeah, we don't want mobs. Please do not. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. no I, I actually come one early, right? <laughs> early. Um, I did come across something um, this summer. I have been spending a lot of time on a project um, called the Equity Workgroup, trying to bring together many voices to ensure that healthcare disparities in breastfeeding initiation and duration um, is more equitable. Right now, um, we know white uh, middle class women initially choose breastfeeding and meet their goals more often and more consistently than um, women of color, black women or um, Spanish origin. And one of the programs that the hospital put through um, was to kind of, um, I think they called it like working through whiteness. And it was something based on the white fragility book and some of the other programs. And I've really been devoting myself to learning everything about this issue, remaining humble to this issue. But um, there was a slide that um, I thought was really particularly apropos to both sides. Um, The media is very much about how divided this country is. And um, the slide said um, it was a a percentage of where white was um, the influential party. And it said, um, people who decide which news is covered, 85% white. And I thought, well, then is this really the equitable story, why we're all fighting. And I see people in need every day and I do see those healthcare disparities every day. I'll be truthful and upfront with you. Um, assumptions are made 
based on someone's race, circumstance, religion. And, um, you know, I just would like to put it out there when you're evaluating news, if 85% of the people that control what you see in the media are white, whose story is really being told? Do your digging, do your diligence. No, that's a great point. Yeah, excellent point. And I think this year has certainly helped us to realize that, uh, you know, there are a lot of inequities and that we can all pray about that too. Um, but violence is never the answer. I think uh, that I, I believe that. I don't think that violence is ever the answer. And, and when you see uh, people, uh, you know, it's one thing protesting, right? Or peaceful protesting, but let's leave it at that. You know, let's leave it at that. We, there's really no need to, to get to that point of destroying destroying other people's lives and, and businesses. Right. Yeah. Yes. You know, Sam, I I would love to know from you just a little bit on that. You know, when, when, when people are going after the second amendment, right. They often claim violence, you know, this, that, you know, you know, a gun can kill somebody. Uh, but I'll, but I'll never forget what my father told me when I first took the keys to the car. Um, you know, to, to his car to drive it. He said, a car is like a loaded gun. It can kill somebody. <laughs> doesn't mean you don't use, doesn't mean you don't use the car. I, I, I'm an Uber driver. I drive my car every day. I have no intention of killing somebody um, with, with the car. Can it happen? Absolutely. But again, responsible driving allows that that doesn't happen. Um, so, or, or pre- prevents the majority of that happening, I should say. You know, it's not, but um, I, I want to ask you about the violence issue because, um, you know, a, a lot of times we hear that, like, okay, you know, vi- there's, you know, we, we have to stop the violence. And if we, st- by, by, by stopping the violence, uh, the easiest way to do that is just take all the guns away. Right. Um, so, so, but, but I mean, that, but that's just one of the things that we hear. So I, I'm wondering, you know, if you can just talk a little bit about what is the truth behind that? Uh, I don't think there's very much truth behind the take your guns away argument. But with in terms of violence, a lot of what we see in, in uh, being pushed for against the Second Amendment is the banning of, as the Second Amendment community calls it, modern sporting rifles and what the uh, like anti-Second Amendment community would call uh, assault weapons. I lost my place. no it's okay Uh, so are you thinking that they focus on the actual weapon instead of the actual violence like the the oh no i remember it now my apologies um now a lot of a lot of it is just uh, a fear-mongering from as you guys were talking about earlier this selective storytelling from the media which is that the assault weapons are the bad ones whereas that's not the case the overwhelming majority of gun violence comes from handguns and i truly do not believe whatsoever that getting rid of guns or cutting down them would stop anything like this um if we look back through time the columbine shooting took place uh while the brady bill was enacted it's a 10-year assault weapons ban um these two people went and murdered a bunch of other people without these things so at what extent do we stop, uh, you know, do we regulate all these things? And then if, and no one has them, and now we see perhaps cartels move into a black market. 
and they're importing these things just to criminals in the United States and people are defenseless. And a lot of people are scared also about uh, all the violence that we've been seeing in the media, the, the protests turning violent or being hijacked by violent people. And in the United States this past year alone, there's been, I believe, between two and a half million and five million new gun owners. So. Yeah, because people are afraid, you know, they're, 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 they're realizing, I think, and, and personally, I think we are going to see that when we find out how these election results uh, go today, right? Now, we might not know right away, but I, in my personal opinion, I think we're going to see that reflected in the vote. Oh, very much. <laughs> I think yeah. people are starting to realize they're, I mean, you are responsible for yourself and the people you love, not the people you don't know. That's right. That's right. This has been such a great show, hasn't it? it? it this really is the has. first time we ever covered these topics. Yeah, it really oh, is. And, uh, and yeah, you know, I, I think it's important, you know, again, to to just say that, you know, we are, you know, committed to to um, the 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 truth here. And I think that that is such a beautiful thing. Ann and I, you know, there, there's really no topic <laughs> that we won't talk about. Um and but but we're going to do it from a place that is always going to bring people uplift you in your faith. Uh, and, you know, the, these are these are real issues facing your lives. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. These are real issues facing your lives, folks. Um, they're facing my lives. You know, they're facing my <laughs> they life. are they're facing your they're facing your life. And and so I I think if we can get to a place where we can have, you know, di dialogue that is respectful, that is based around the truth, not your personal truth. Um, you know, and having to find your personal truth in life, um, that, that that I think we can grow a lot as human beings and uh, learn a lot about one another. So I just I just really appreciate both you, Sam, and, and Leslie, just coming on and, and just sharing um, your you know your beautiful witness, your beautiful stories uh, here today because it, it's so important and the truth. You know, I think that that's such an important thing. So, so thank you so much. And sometimes, you know, uh, truth, truth does hurt, you know, you know, if there's people out there that are like, oh, I, I don't agree with you, or I don't like this, or I don't, you know, just, just do some serious research on your own without all the, without all the fear mongering, as you know, you know, you said, Sam, um, you know, trying to take a grip on your heart. Because that's what that that's where where hope is going to die immediately. Fear is the enemy of hope. So so you know, our show is sowing hope. And uh, whether we're talking about gun issues or we're talking about you know uh, new newborn life or we're talking about music or we're talking about whatever we're talking about, <laughs> uh, we're here to, we're here to put that hope into your heart uh, and and come at it from a place of hope. So, so thank you so much uh, for listening. And, and again, if something just rubbed you a wrong way a little bit, do the research, as Sam said, do the research and take a look at it from the objective truth side. Uh, and, and I, I know you're going to uh, benefit from, from that. Yeah, Bill, that was great. And I would say when you do that research, do it according also to what this country was founded on right? And, and who we are as, as the United States of America, right? And what we, what we stand for, which is freedom, right? So that's part of the truth too. Part of the truth is the fact of who, who we are and how we were founded, right? Yeah, 
Amen. Uh, Sam, Leslie, any any final comments as we kind of wrap up the show? Uh, I know we're <laughs> we uh, we started late, so we'll end late. But I just wanted to ask you guys: you have any final comments? Any any way if people want to get in touch with you or anything like that that we can uh, you know stick out there for you? Uh, don't contact me. <laughs> I'm busy <laughs> all the time. I'm in college. <laughs> <laughs> all right, very good. Well, you got you got Google. You got all you. I, I, that's all I had <laughs> when I started. So awesome, Sam. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being available for us. We really appreciate it. <laughs> Sam's mother is available. There's no wink or sarcasm. Um, so yes, I, I love to dialogue with anyone um, and really want to be able to be the um, support if someone needs it. And if there is um, a question that, um, can't be answered. Always we can refer to someone who may be able to answer it for you, but always, always ask your questions and don't stop asking your questions and trust your heart when you're asking those questions so that you can be led in that right direction. Um, praying during a challenging thought is also a way to kind of balance your, your intake and say, okay, I'm running this through the filter of, of what I know is, is the truth. Where is the truth, the Bible? And how am I going to evaluate what I'm hearing? Beautiful. Uh, well, th thank you both so very much. This has been uh, so much fun and, uh, and would love to have you both back. This is, uh, this is great conversation. So thank you so very much. Thank you from me too. It was awesome, especially to have <laughs> friends. <laughs> So completely cool. Thank you for even just thinking of having me and having Sam. This was a really great experience. Yeah, thank you very much. Of course. And well, let's offer our prayers for the election today. Everyone, as Bill said, go and vote. Amen. Well, uh, folks, this has been an episode of Sowing Hope. And until next time, from all of us at the St. Raymond Donatus Foundation, Fiat Ministry Network, and Patchwork Heart Ministry, keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.